he's not dead, he's alive. If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 28, I'll begin reading there in the first verse of that 28th chapter, reminding all of our guests at the conclusion of this service, we will have for you a pastor's reception. It's right through those double doors, and we would love to have the opportunity to connect with you. We believe at First Church, if there's a connection, there'll be a continuance. And if there's a continuance, there's celebration on its way. I thank God. I thank God for First Church. And I thank God for what He does at First Church. He does exactly what we're celebrating here today. Gives us an opportunity to repent of our sins to be baptized in His name for the remission of those sins gives us the Holy Ghost. And when we are when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That is the Easter experience, and we celebrate that on Easter Sunday. Chapter twenty-eight, the Gospel according to Saint Matthew, the first verse. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, ye for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. I know why you're here. And then he said this, He is not here. He is not here. For he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And so quickly they go and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in the Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. I have a word to preach to you this Easter Sunday. And that word is simply this. He is risen as he said it's not something that should catch us off guard that he's alive he said destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up I want to preach to you today that whatever he says he will do he will do and he will do for you what you need him to if you have just a little faith I want you to go ahead and thank God in advance for what's going to happen to you on this Easter Sunday he'll pick you up turn you around He'll set your feet on solid ground and make it all right. Somebody help me celebrate a risen Savior in this sanctuary. You ought to clap your hands, lift your voice and rejoice. He's alive. He is risen as He said. And you may be seated in the sanctuary. He is risen as He said. If you can imagine the scene, it was a scene of great horror. It was a scene of much dismay. Challenging, if not horrifying, to watch as Christ 
trudged up Golgotha's hill with a with a cross that was too heavy to bear. And we know the story and it unfolds and they've made movies of how the passion of the Christ actually took place. And I'm certain, although I have not seen the passion of the Christ, I'm certain that it cannot portray with exact accuracy the horror that actually took place upon Christ our Savior. He had a crown of thorns crushed upon his head and he took the cat of nine tails 39 times upon his back. He was a bloody mess at best. And so you can only imagine what his followers must have thought as they see their Savior, the one that they had entrusted their life to, the one that they had believed to be their Savior, the one that they desired to deliver them from the difficulty of their day. They watched him as he hung his head and died. And perhaps they witnessed as he was taken down and placed in a borrowed tomb and there he lay. He being the one that said these words, destroy this temple. He wasn't talking about the actual building that he was in. He was speaking of the temple, his body, that that earthly body that possessed in him dwelled all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It was our Lord and Savior. I'm glad to know today that Jesus Christ was and is a Savior that can do exactly what he said that he would do. He declared with confidence, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. I'm not certain the thought process that flowed through their minds as only you can imagine as they witnessed this horrific scene as it unfolded. I don't know if those words were ringing in their ear, but certainly there was hope somewhere that he would do what he said that he would do. And so it was a day passed and then two and three. And as it were, the Bible tells us in the text that I shared with you that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, and they they went to the place where they, had laid him and they were there to see their savior who was dead as it were but they had something on the inside of them I just have to believe brother Littles that when they went there there was something in their spirit that was saying he's not going to be there there's no way that he can be there because he said that in three days he would raise it up they had to have faith in their heart that when they arrived that there would be something that would give them joy in the middle of the hell that was happening in their life I don't know how you I don't know how you cope with life and the things that unfold, but I want to tell you something. Life is not perfect. Oh, I I don't know. I don't see anybody getting out pen and paper and writing that down, but I believe I could at least get a little head nod or an amen that life is not perfect. Trouble and trial, difficulty, darkness, depression, oppression, circumstance, situation, the things that hell hurls at us on a regular basis causes us to understand that what we are going through, we cannot make it through on our own. If you are here, a member of First Church, or perhaps a guest visiting for the first time, I want you to understand that with clarity I speak to you that life is going to hurl hell at you. Challenges, circumstances, situation. I thank God I mentioned our children's ministry. We have the best of the best. There's no doubt about it. But I want to tell you something, friend. These kids are dealing with things that they shouldn't have to deal with. 
These young people are facing circumstance and situation that adults should not have to face. And then we who are older are going through some things that we never thought we would have to go through. But yet they are here. And so the circumstance can seem to be overwhelming and we may not know what to do. I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to go back to the words of our Savior that said, I told you I would come through for you and I will. Just like he said that day, you do this and I'll do that. I'll tell you today that he said he will do for you what you need him to. They came that day and they found the situation as was described in the text that I shared with you. The angel came down and it caused an earthquake and then he rolled the stone away and sat upon it. He was basically sitting there to say, I've got a message. I've got a message that I want to share with you. I want to give you a word today. I didn't come in on an earthquake and I'm not sitting on a stone, but I have a word for you today. I have a message to declare to you today. And I can guarantee you this, I'm no angel. But I do have a word. A word of clarity, a word of confidence today. A word that God has given me to give you. He is risen as he said. What does that mean, Pastor? I know that it means that Jesus wasn't in the tomb, that he had been risen, that he had done exactly what he said he would do and he was no longer there. He was risen. But it, it means so much more today to you and I. We weren't there to watch the horrific crucifixion of our Christ. We weren't there to see them as they took him and placed him into the borrowed tomb. We weren't there to witness it. But as we read it and understand, we go through hell. Hell happens in our life. And when it gets to the place where there seems to be no hope, he has to send somebody with a word to declare that there is hope for your hell. There is deliverance for your difficulty. I've got a word for you today. Exactly what Jesus said he would do for you, he will do for you. He will do for you what you need him to. What did he need to do? He needed to do what he said. And that is not be there when they came. He was not. He is risen as he said. He said it and he did it. Simple matter of fact. He said it and he did it. He then told them, go share this word with my brethren. Those that were his disciples, he said, we have a connection now and I want you to go tell them. I want you to go tell them. He's alive and he's coming back and when he comes back, he's going to connect with you and see you through the circumstance that you're dealing with. I have that same word to preach to First Church on Easter Sunday. He's alive and he's coming back to you to give you a word that will pick you up, turn you around, set your feet on solid ground our savior our savior wants me to share with you there is hope for your hell there is deliverance from your difficulty there is salvation for your situation you say you don't know how bad you don't know how bad it is pastor you don't know how difficult the dilemma is you don't know how horrific the scenario that i'm dealing with is i know that it can't be worse than the crucifixion. And he came through that to show us that he is able to do what we need him to. He is risen as 
he said. So go. Go and tell. Go and witness. Go and share. That's exactly what he expects of every person that has experienced Easter. In the book of Acts, people say, what religion are you? You want to know what my response to people is when they say, what religion are you, sir? I I always tell them, I was just witnessing to uh, one of the desk clerks at one of the hotels that I've stayed at recently. He's like, tell me what religion you are. I said, well, I I would be... Better off if I could share with you my experience. Because what I found with religion is religion doesn't really help anybody. It's man-made. Man-made fails. God never fails. I'm going to say that again. Man-made fails. God never fails. So when people ask me what religion I, I understand the question. If it was just a quick answer, I'd say Pentecostal, okay? So if you say, what religion are you? Okay, Pentecostal. Since you put me in a corner, I'll tell you Pentecostal. But let me explain what that means. I'm Pentecostal by experience. I'm not Pentecostal because it's a religion. I'm Pentecostal because it's an experience. And I want to tell you something, friend. Religion is not going to save you, but an experience will. That's what we believe. We believe that religion doesn't save anyone, but experience does. What what experience are you talking about? I'm talking about the experience that's in the book of Acts. And what I believe is that it's the Easter experience. There is no better day than Easter Sunday to preach Acts 2. I want you to understand that Pentecost Sunday is a great Sunday. But when you think about it, Easter Sunday is even better because it's where it all started. What does that mean? Well, we know... You're aware of the fact, it's Easter, we're celebrating the fact that Christ was crucified, He died, He was buried, but then He rose again. Yeah, that's the celebration. Death, burial, resurrection. That's the same thing we believe the Easter experience is, death, burial, resurrection. We believe that death, what what do you mean by death? Repentance is death to the flesh. It just means that simply you say, I'm sorry for anything I've ever done wrong, please forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done wrong. I've made, I've made reference to this. You, many of you at First Church know I have a brother. My brother used to do things to me. And when my mom would say, now you go tell him you're sorry. He would come and he would say, sorry. He was not sorry. He was waiting until she left the room so he could do again what he'd done. He wasn't sorry. That's not repentance. When true repentance happens, that means you say you're sorry and you're sorry enough to quit. That's death to the flesh. So that is the first step of the Easter experience. Just as Christ died and he certainly did, we know that when we die out to the flesh, we say we're sorry enough to quit. Then following death is burial. That's why we believe. And unfortunately today, though we had two people that were prepared to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ, they got sick and weren't able to be here, so we'll have to do it next Sunday. But I I thank God for for Lisa and Kenjaya that made a decision. We've repented of our sins, and now we want to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? That means we want to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And that is, in essence, burial. It's the second step 
step of the Easter experience or the second step of salvation. So there's death, burial, and it doesn't stop there. I want, I want everybody to understand. Once you repent and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are guaranteed resurrection power. It comes in the form of you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. It's a powerful experience, just like it was powerful when they showed up and they said, where is he? Where is he? He's not there. And the angel said, he is risen, as he said. Come, see where the Lord lay. You know what? They brought them in to an empty tomb. What they said is, we want you to witness it for yourself. Here's what I preached not, not too long ago, that the experience is greater than the testimony. Now, you can go to a steakhouse and eat that steak, and you can send me pictures, Brother Casey, and you can tell me how awesome that, cake, that, that, that steak is and, and how wonderful it is. And you can even bring that steak and set it there right underneath my nose, and I can smell it and say, man, that steak smells good. That steak looks good. But I'm not going to know if that steak's good until I taste it myself. So... Every Sunday I can get up here and tell you how wonderful the experience of Easter really is, especially on Easter Sunday. And I can, I can put it right there underneath your nose and say, smell how wonderful this is. This experience will change your life. This experience will pick you up. Turn. I've been trying out for choir for a long time. Pick you up. Turn you around. Set your feet on solid ground. Yeah, thank you very much. I got one fan. I can talk about it all day long. I'm not going to because Brother Littles has uh, some food on the smoker. And, you know, oh, they weren't all here for first class. But I, want, I want you to understand that until you experience it for yourself, you can't possibly know. So they said, we'll, we'll show you. You don't have to believe me that he's not here. Come see where we laid him. You know what? I would love for this altar area to be a place that you can go home and tell your family and tell your friends. I want you to come and I want you to see where I laid my burden down. I want you to come and I want you to see where I laid my sins down. I want you to come and to witness that there's a place that I can go and I can leave all the hell and the happenings of my past behind me and I can celebrate in my life today a risen Savior. I have an experience that is life changing and I want to celebrate it. Come and see where he used to be. Come and see where he used to be. Come and see where he lay. He's not there anymore. Christian, he's not there anymore. And because he's not there, because he's not there, I think we started the service, the 10 o'clock service with this. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Here's what I came to preach to you today on this Easter Sunday. This world's not getting better. Brother Will, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. It's horrific, the things that are happening. When you read some of the travesties that are taking place in the world that you and I live in right now, I can't see how it can be much longer until he calls his bride away. I can't see how it could be much longer until he raptures his bride away because this world is getting worse. Here's what I want to tell you today. Your world is doing the same thing. All hell has been unleashed. Horrific things are happening. There is... There is travesty and trial and trouble that's happening on a regular basis. And if it hasn't hit your home friend, I want you to understand it will. We 
We act like that we've made it through the pandemic. That was just one pause. I want you to understand something. That the world that we are living in is not going to get better. You're going to have to get Jesus. It's just that simple. I'm trying not to sugarcoat it today. I'm trying to just put it out there as plainly as possible. The world that we live in is not going to get better. They said, oh, maybe he, they won't beat him again. Maybe they won't place the crown of thorns upon his head. Maybe they won't crucify him. No, they did everything they said that they would do. But here's the good news. He did everything that he said he would do. And he is risen as he said. He is risen as he said. So why don't you come and see... There is an empty tomb. That's why we celebrate. There's an empty tomb. There's an empty grave. And because there's an empty tomb and an empty grave, we can have full salvation. Full salvation is available. Easter experience is available. So if you read on, you find, I believe it's verse 9. If you have the ability, put verse 9 on the screen for me. Verse 9 tells us how that our Savior... Our Savior, Jesus, shows up. And then, the last portion of that verse, if you you see it there, it says, And they came and held Him by the feet and worshipped Him. Brother Littles, if you would just come and stand right there if you don't mind. I, I can only imagine as as Jesus shows up and says, All hail are welcome. Here, what do you... Jesus, the one that they witnessed being crucified, the one that they witnessed the stripes upon his back, the crown of thorns upon his head. He now stands before them and says, hey, how you all doing? What? This guy that we just watched them beat and batter, this one that we watched blood flow, this horrific scene, and you you say, pastor, my God, you're getting so graphic. Oh, Please spare me that concern. Because my opinion is that there is no one in this building that is exempt to the horrific violence and the horrific scene that this world presents to them. I want you to know what Christ went through that day was horrific. But I'm trying to preach to you today that people are seeing some horrific things take place. And I want everybody to understand no matter how bad it gets out there, there is a God that is here today that can help them out of the hell that's happening. So imagine with me, imagine with me, if you will, as Christ shows up and says, hey, how you all doing? Or all hail, welcome. They go and they get there and I can just see them as they, basically, what I envision is that they're holding on to his feet. You know what they're saying? We're not letting you out of our sight. We're going to get a hold of you. I can, I can imagine as, as one maybe grabs the bottom of one leg and the other grabs the bottom. As a matter of fact, why don't you guys come up here and do that? I want you to go up there, grab one leg, and you go grab the other one, Dawson. Just hold on. Don't let brother. Now, don't knock him over, please. Don't knock Jesus over today. Just, just grab a hold of his leg. Yeah, like, like act like you're going to tackle him. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Now, has anybody ever felt like doing that to Jesus? 
Has anybody ever had all hell happening in your home? All kinds of trouble and trial. And when Jesus shows up, you say, I'm going to get a hold of him and I ain't letting go. I'm coming to the house of God and I'm going to get a hold of Jesus and I ain't letting go. Because I know he's the only one that can solve my situation. He's the only one that can deliver me from my difficulty. And I'm going to hold on to Jesus. I want to tell somebody today. I'll tell you who showed up. The risen Savior is in the sanctuary on this Sunday. You need to get a hold of God and say, I'm going to put a tackle hold on you and I'm not letting go because I need you. He said, okay, let me go, peeps. All right, so yeah, let him go. What he was trying to tell him is, I'm here, but what I want you to do is let go of my feet. Let me in your heart. And then I'll hold your hand. It will not work if all we do is hold on to yesterday's dream. It will not work if all we do is hold on to yesterday's commitment. It will not work if all we do is hold on to the memory of the way things used to be. Is there anybody finding out that there ain't nothing the way it used to be? You used to be able to walk into a restaurant and get a table. You used to be able to get gas for under $4 a gallon. I walked into a restaurant yesterday, and I promise you, there were two people in the restaurant. I was all by myself. I walked into the restaurant, and I say, could I get a table? She said, it'll be 15 minutes. I looked around. I said, are you, is, this, are, is this some kind of April Fool's joke? Or? 15 minutes for me to get a table, and there's nobody here. Yeah, we're really short-staffed. And you know what? That's pretty sad. But that's the way it is everywhere. I called to try to get our convention kids a place to go eat after church. And this lady, I had, I'm pro- I promise you, I had to talk 20 minutes and practically beg this woman to get us a place to eat with our kids. She said, sir, you don't understand. I'm the only one here, and I got one cook. I said, that's all we need. I'll help you, dear. We'll make sure everything's going to be all right. She said, well, I'm going to have to call somebody. I said, call them and then tell me that you're going to make it happen because I got to get this deal done. I'm going to church, and I want to bring these kids. I'm going to tell you, if I hadn't kept working it and 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 working it, working it, we wouldn't have had a place to go eat because the world that we're living in ain't like it used to be. And you say, well, yeah, you really got it tough. There's no place to eat. Hey, if that was the only problem that we were dealing with, you really want me to get into the details of all the difficulty that we're dealing with? Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, the things that the Bible says. Here's what I want you to understand. The things that the Bible says are going to happen are going to happen. He is risen. That's what I'm preaching to you today. He is risen as he said. And everything that's going to happen in the end time, it's like we're watching it in fast forward. It's the way I used to watch games after I knew what happened. Somebody said, oh, yeah, we won, whatever. I'm like, thanks for letting me know. I was going to watch it later. But anyway, so I go watch the game, and I fast forward, and I just watch all of it. As You know what? That's, I feel like that's the world we're living in. We're watching this world in a high-speed dubbing. It's just like flying by the things that are happening. It's just like, and as that's happening, I'm thinking, These are happening as he said. These things are transpiring 
as he said. So what am I going to do with this information? They processed it and they said, okay, we're going to let go of your feet because you said you will live in our heart. They said, you can have, you can have the Easter experience. And so you don't actually have to hold the nail-scarred feet of a Savior in order to have a Savior. You can leave with him today. You can walk out of this place on your own two feet and have him in your heart. You can leave with our Lord and Savior, this risen Savior that we're celebrating. You can leave with him in your heart today. How does that happen? I explained it earlier with the Easter experience, death, burial, and resurrection power. It's just that simple. You say, you're really making it easy. Yes, I am, because that's the way he wanted it. He didn't go through all he went through and make it hard on you to get it. He did it so that we might have it. And when we have it, we're holding to the hand of the one that holds tomorrow in his hand. We have to have him. We have to have him. I understand why they were grabbing hold of his feet and saying, whatever you do, don't leave us again. We saw what happens when you leave. It's not good. I want you to know, gospel according to St. John, probably my favorite of all the gospels, tells us, let not your heart be troubled. In a time that's so troubling, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He is risen, as he said. And if I go, I will come again. Receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What religion are you, pastor? Let's talk about the experience that gives me the opportunity to be where he is. Stand with me, if you would, on this Easter Sunday and consider... Consider the Christ that was crucified, the Christ that went through horrific pain, terrible tragedy, was placed in a borrowed tomb just as they said he would be. And when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary showed up, the angel said, He is risen, as he said. Come and see where he used to be. Come and see where he used to be. I would like to ask every person that's here if you would be so kind as to bow your head and close your eyes and consider consider the cost that Christ paid that we might have the privilege of his presence. Consider the cost that he paid that we might have the opportunity for a solution that he purchased, for a salvation that he purchased. And as you make that consideration, then consider this as well, that he is making available to you on this Easter Sunday an Easter experience that will change your situation. If you're here and everything's a-okay, you're living on cloud nine and there's no trouble, there's no trial, there's no sleepless night, there's no family trouble, there's no hell happening. Wow, I'm glad that you came to celebrate a risen Savior with us, but if you're like everyone else in this building, you're dealing with difficulty. There's trouble, there's trial, there's circumstance, there's situation. I offer you today a way to say, come see the way it used to be. Have an experience today that is the Easter experience because he said that you could have it. He is risen, as he said. He's gone to prepare a place for us, as he said. And he will come again for us, and I believe it soon, as he said. And when he does, will he find us waiting with faith-filled arms to receive a Savior that sacrificed and paid the ultimate price 
The question can only be answered by you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anyone here today that would lift your hand and say, Pastor, I want that experience. If you do, just simply lift your hand. If you have that experience, you ought to lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus, for that experience. Every hand that's gone up has it or wants it. It's the same. If you have it or if you want it, it's still available. The Savior today speaks and says, I will do for you what you need me to. If you believe, then you can come and see the way it used to be. I preach to you on this Easter Sunday. He is arisen as he said, and he will do for you what you need him to. I'd like to make an altar appeal like this and invite everybody that needs something from a Savior to come and find what you need at these altars. I want you to know there's hope, there's healing, there's salvation, there's deliverance. God's able to do what you need Him to. And as they begin to sing, I invite you to come and to pray. We will ask that everyone that comes, please be respectful of others that are here. We believe that God has for everyone what they need. If you're uncomfortable to come to the front we encourage you right where you are close your eyes lift your hands and receive the easter experience in your life today let a savior be what he wants to be and you can say come see what i used to be he is risen as he said god bless you as you respond and they sing let the spirit help you through the hell that's happening in your home